Welcome to the war. This is your host, Adam Graham. Uh, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. As 1941 came, the United States put its neutrality status at risk, taking several steps to help the Allies, shy of actually getting into the conflict themselves. Many could sense the coming of war. Several movies from the era began to talk about fifth columnists, spies, and have thinly veiled Axis villains. Yet I have to admit, the number of instances I've uh, found do on radio of radio programs uh, challenging the Nazis in fiction. Well, someone had to do it, and as it turned out, it was a job for Superman. Superman had come to radio in 1940. There had been a pilot episode written in late 1939 with a lot of intrigue and international suspense involved. But the network refused to air it, saying that it was completely inappropriate as we were a nation trying to stay neutral in the war. In other mediums, despite uh, Superman's first major story being just a total anti-war story, Superman began to uh, battle thinly veiled and not so thinly veiled uh, Nazis, such as in one uh, 1939 comic strip story where Superman battled thinly veiled uh, Germans who were trying to get the United States into a war with the thinly veiled uh, Britain. In a December 1940 issue of Look Magazine, the editors asked Superman's creators, Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, to draw a comic on how Superman would end the war, which they did in two pages, which involved uh, capturing Hitler and Stalin, who was then in a non-aggression pact with Hitler, and dragging him to the League of Nations. Unfortunately, real life wasn't quite that simple. Though at the time this radio show was broadcast, the Germans were already preparing to invade Russia, which would lead to Russia ultimately entering the war on the side of the Allies. Now we turn to the first relevant Superman radio drama involving a more thickly uh, disguised uh, Axis agent than in the next serial. This story begins with the nitrate shipment part four. The first three parts of the nitrate shipment were actually more mop-up from the previous serial, so you don't really have to know a whole lot about it. All we have to know at this point is that uh, after their clipper ship, which was the last of the clipper ship, was uh, lost, uh, Clark uh, Kent, Jimmy Olsen, and Pug Flanagan, a stowaway from the clipper ship, are sailing back to Metropolis. Uh, there was some hijinks about a treasure map, but that's really all been dealt with. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and take a listen to uh, the nitrate shipment, parts 4, 5, 6, and 7. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! And now, Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can leap tall buildings at a single bound, race a speeding bullet to its target, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, 
mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Trouble seems to follow the old treasure map that Kent, Jimmy Olsen, and young Pug Flanagan found on the ill-fated clipper ship, the Clara M. First, it was Teak Barnaby, a peg-legged sailor who wanted the map. Then it was Carlos, a murderous half-breed. Now, another strange and mysterious thing has happened. Just as the boat on which they were taking passage from Panama to the United States was about to sail, Kent received a message. A message that read, Wait. Jimmy, Pug, and Kent are about to have breakfast in the ship's dining room. Let's join them. Well, Pug, what'll it be? Bacon and eggs? Yeah, that suits me. Sure. And how about you, Jimmy? Oh, I'm not very hungry, Mr. Kent. Ah, oh, Jim, you mustn't worry about that note I received. A lot of silly nonsense. What did it say again? Oh, just something about not sailing on this ship. It said, don't sail on this ship if you value your life. That sounds pretty serious. Sure. Now, it's just as I told you. Carlos probably sent it in order to lure us back on land so that he could get the map. But whatever it is, we've sailed, so too late. In another hour, Panama will be far behind us. Now, come on, how about a, a couple of fried eggs, Jimmy, and a rasher of crisp bacon, huh? Well, okay. That's the boy. How about you, Pug? Bacon and eggs all you want? Me? Longer than I thought. I think I'll have a... Hey, Mr. Kent. Huh? What's that under your plate? Oh, under my plate? It's an envelope. Oh, that's... Hey. Oh. I wonder. Open it, quick. Now, take it easy, Jimmy. Take it easy. What's it say? Just one word. What? Beware. Hey. This ain't no joke. You see, Mr. Ken, I told now, you. Now, calm down, both of you. Act as though nothing had happened. Well, ain't that good an actor. What are we going to do? Just sit tight for a moment. Whoever's responsible for this note is on board the ship. Now, you order breakfast just as though everything were perfectly normal. I'm going to have a talk with the captain. I'll be back shortly. Captain Estero? Si, senor. What can I do for you? My name is Kent, Captain. Clark Kent. I'm a reporter on the Metropolis Daily Planet, one of our leading American newspapers. Oh, see, I've heard of the Daily Planet, senor Kent. I thought as much. Uh, now, uh, Captain Estero, what I came to talk to you about may seem a little strange. Oh, I'm afraid I do not understand what you mean, senor. Well, uh, as you probably know, I took passage from Panama with two young boys. See. Well, a few minutes before the ship sailed, I received this note. Here, read it. Tell me, who delivered this note to you, senor? A messenger. But that's not all. I found this under my plate at the breakfast table. There's nothing on it but the one word. Beware. Yes, I see. Can you explain these warnings, Captain? Well, uh, being a newspaper man, senor Kane... You know that these are very trying times. I need hardly remind you that uh, most of the world is at war. It's best not to ask too many questions. Well, Captain, if sailing on this ship involves some danger, I should know about it. 
I'm responsible for two youngsters. I understand, but uh, I do not think there is any danger. Well, then why the notes of warning? Who sent them to me? That I am afraid I cannot answer. But you know who's on board. You know the passenger list. Well, this is a very small passenger list. This trip, senor, we are uh, carrying cargo. What sort of cargo? I have told you, senor Kent, uh, under the circumstances, it is best not to ask too many questions. That is all. But, Captain, I don't I'm want... sorry, but I must leave you now. I must go up to the bridge. You will uh, have to pardon me. All right, I'll leave. But I want you to remember that I'm an American citizen. And so are the two boys with me. You see, senor. Hmm. I wonder what's behind all this. Hmm. They didn't seem particularly surprised at the nature of those messages. Might as well stop over at the purchase office and find out just who's on board. In case anything does happen, I'd like to know with whom I have to deal. In the meantime, I don't want to alarm the boys. Mr. Kent's been gone for 20 minutes, Pug. Breakfast is ice cold. Don't worry about him. Why don't you eat? Oh, I'm not very hungry. Oh, here he comes. Sorry I took so long. Oh, Jimmy, you haven't touched your egg. Oh, I was waiting for you. What happened? Not a thing. Captain agrees with me that it's just a gag. Gag? Mm-hmm. Who would be pulling a gag on him? Yeah, bunk him. This ain't no gag. Mr. Kent, this is a plot. <laughs> what kind of a plot, Pug? I don't know, but... It's a plot. Uh, you've got a very vivid imagination, Pug. It's running away with you. Now, how about finishing breakfast, and then we'll go up on deck and play some shuffleboard, eh? Yeah, that's a sissy game. I want to steer the ship. Well, I'm sure the captain would greet that suggestion with cheers. Oh, did you see the captain, Mr. Kent? Uh-huh. Didn't I tell you I saw him? Yes, but... I have a feeling you're hiding something. Jimmy, you're worse than Pug. And the way you've been staring at the other passengers here in the dining room. I'm just interested in knowing who our shipmates are during this trip. Then why don't we go over and introduce ourselves to them and find out who they are? I don't need to, Pug. I was just talking with a purser about them. Say, you mean you think one of those other passengers sent you those notes? Of course not, Jimmy. I told you that was just a gag. Hey, look at those two dark men with the black hair. They look suspicious. Don't be silly, Pug. They're a couple of coffee growers from Brazil. What about that gray-haired man there? And the girl with him? Well, he's a doctor, I understand. And a very capable one, too. The girl there with him is his daughter. Yeah, rather nice-looking, isn't she? Gee, Mr. Kent, that old dame over there in the corner in the black dress looks like she's a hundred years old, don't she? But she's a cranky old maid, too. No, 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 no. That's no way to talk about her, Pug. She's probably very nice. Only five others besides us. <laughs> You wouldn't think it paid to run the boat for eight passengers, would you? Well, it's carrying cargo. What kind of cargo? Uh, the captain refused to... I mean, uh, oh, just just general cargo. I know just what you mean, Mr. King. Well, come on. Let's all get up on deck, shall we? It's 12 morning. Uh, I'm going to our cabin for a while. Yes, me too. Well, all right. I'll meet you on deck. Make it snappy now. I'll wait for you near the shuffleboard for you. Okay. There's something fishy around here, Jim. That's what I think. Mr. Kent's holding something back. He doesn't usually do that with me, so it must be important. Was this our cabin? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Jim, what do you think it is that's worrying Mr. Kent? I don't know. But it must have something to do with the cargo. He let slip that the captain wouldn't tell him what it was. We can find out easy enough. How? Go down and look. Ain't no trick in that. Hmm, sneak down into the hole? Sure. 
But that wouldn't be right. Why not? We ain't going to steal nothing. I suppose we could just take a look. Yeah, that's all. Just a look. Come on, before Mr. Kent comes after us. You know the way to the hole? We'll find out. Give it to me. It's a big ship. If we get lost, Pug. We ain't going to get lost. Just follow me. I'm used to finding things. We can get Pug. Yeah. That's a door up ahead. The door to what? To the cargo hold. Hey, wait a minute. What's up? I thought I heard something. I gotta get this iron door open. Help me lift the latch. Or take it easy. No, no, it don't slide. It lifts up. Yeah, that's it. Now we got it. Nobody heard us. Nah. Come on, we gotta get the door open. Now pull. There. Okay. Slip inside. Oh, it's dark in there, Pug. Yeah. I got a flash. I bought it from the cabin. Pull the door shut. But easy. Easy, 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 Jimmy. Now what? Well, I switched the flash on. Yeah. What? Nothing but sacks of sugar in here. Sugar? That can't be. Come on, we'll take a look. Wait a minute, Pug. What's the matter? I hear footsteps. Yeah, you're right. Tuck down behind these sacks, quick. The door, Pug. Think he's coming in? If he does, don't move. Pug, he's locking us in. That's what it sounded like. That's what it is. He's gone away. We're trapped in here. Let's find a door. Come on. Come on, jump. <laughs> She's locked, all right. We better start banging. I won't do us no good. Not unless somebody's passing. We can't stay down here forever, Pug. Come on, let's start pounding on the door. No, wait. Before we do that, let's see what's in them sacks. That's what we come down here for, ain't it? Yes, but what do we got to lose? Here, grab the end of this sack. We yank it out of the pile and rip her open. Okay, pull. Come on. Pug, look out. They're falling on top of you. Oh, oh. Pug. Pug, where are you? Pug. He's buried under the sacks. i got to get him out. Pug. Pug, answer me. Anyone hear Jimmy's cries for help in time to rescue Pug? Once again, the boys have gotten themselves into trouble, and it looks like just the beginning. But don't forget to tune in next time and follow the thrilling story of Superman. Tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky, look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! And now, Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men... And who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. In our last episode, we learned how Kent, on board a steamship sailing from Panama to the United States, received two mysterious messages warning him of danger to come. Jimmy Olsen and Pug Flanagan, Kent's companions on the voyage, 
decided it was time to investigate the ship's cargo. In the darkness of the forward hold, they found what seemed like sacks of sugar piled almost to the ceiling. Just then, a passing deckhand, noticing that the iron door to the hold was ajar, slammed it shut and threw the latch, locking the boys in. For a moment, Jimmy and Pug were stunned, but decided to find out what was in the sacks before calling for help. However, in attempting to remove one of them, the pile was dislodged and came tumbling down. Listen. Pug, look out there falling on top of you. Oh. Pug. Pug, where are you? Pug. He's buried under the sacks. I've got to get him out. Pug. Pug, answer me. I can't move these sacks fast enough. They're too heavy. I need help. Help! Help! Open this door! Help! Help! Bruising his knuckles against the heavy iron door, Jimmy valiantly tries to summon help to free Pug from beneath an avalanche of heavy sacks. Meanwhile, three decks above, well out of earshot, Clark Kent waits for the boys at the shuffleboard court as the ship clears the harbor and heads for the open sea. Keeping Jimmy and Pug. I think they'd be interested in seeing the boat pull out of the harbor. Maybe I'd better go down and get them. Well, here comes one of our passengers. The young lady we saw in the dining room. Good morning. It's much more than just a good morning. It's a wonderful morning. Aren't you the gentleman traveling with the two boys? Uh-huh. My name's Clark Kent. How do you do? I'm June Barrington. How do you do? You've probably heard of my father. Not Dr. Michael Barrington, the surgeon? That's right. Oh, then you're English. Right again. Dad and I have been in Africa organizing hospital units for the army. Oh, that's so. We're going back home now, and everyone's decided this is the safest route. Mm-hmm. Ordinarily it would be, but uh, I think you and your father should know that queer things have been happening aboard this ship. What do you mean, Mr. King? Oh, now, don't misunderstand. It uh, may not be serious at all, but... Well, you know, being a newspaper man, I'm always suspicious. Well, now you have me gasping with suspense. What is it that's happened? Well, since boarding the ship, I've received two warning notes. One by messenger that said not to sail, and one under my breakfast plate that said beware. I've already spoken to the captain about it, but got nowhere. That's very strange. Of course, as you probably know, there are only eight passengers on board. You, your father, three of us, two coffee merchants, and an elderly woman. That is rather unusual, isn't it? Well, we're carrying a large cargo. A cargo the nature of which the captain refuses to reveal. You think perhaps it's contraband, Mr. Kent? Well, I can't say, but I'd like very much to know. Couldn't we find out somehow? Don't say anything. If it comes to sailor. Don't you just love traveling by boat, Mr. Kent? Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. There's, there's nothing like it, Miss Barrington. I guess you'd say so. As I was saying, couldn't we find out what the cargo is? Only by going down into the hole. Well, then why don't we? Come on, death. Well, Jimmy and Pug are supposed to meet me here at the shuffleboard court. Oh, it won't take long. Come on. All right. If the captain ever finds out, he's not going to like it much.
corridor leads to the forward hall. Oh, I'm just quivering with excitement. Hmm. That iron door up ahead is the one we want. Wouldn't it be funny if the cargo was Wait just... What's the matter? Oh, I heard a muffled cry. Listen. Yes, I heard it. It's coming from behind that iron door. Someone's locked in there. Quick! Oh, lucky there's only a latch on it. Stand back, Miss Barrington. Jimmy! Oh, one of your boys. But Jimmy, what happened? What are you doing here? Pug, he's under the sack. What? They fell on him. Miss Barrington. Yes? Take him to my cabin. It's 22 on C deck. At once, please. Have your father look him over, will you? I'll I'll get the other one. Can you walk, Jimmy? I, I think so. Find Pug. Yes, yes, sure. Don't worry. I'll find him. Now, don't you worry. Go ahead. That's it, Jimmy. Just take it easy. We'll manage. Oh. I had to get her out of the way because this looks like a job for Superman. Pug buried under those sacks. No time to waste. Ah. I'll have him free in a moment. Ah, this stuff isn't light. Jimmy probably tried to move it but couldn't. Ah, there we are. There he is. Now to lift him out. Carefully. Yeah, that does it. Oh, the poor kitty's out cold. Alive, thank goodness. The lucky thing that girl brought me down here. Another few minutes might have told a different story. I'll carry him up to the cabin as Clark Kent and her father examine. Are they all right, Father? Yes, nothing serious, June. Jimmy's knuckles are bruised and he's exhausted, but he'll pull through. What about Pug? Is that his name? You found him just in time. He might have suffocated if he'd been down there much longer. Well, I... I can thank you for that, Miss Barrington. But we never did find out what the cargo is. Well, yes, we did. You see, I, uh... I broke open one of the sacks. I, uh... I had a sample wrapped in this piece of paper. There we are. What does it look like, Dr. Barrington? Hmm... Nitrate. Mm-hmm. That was my guess. What nitrate? A substance used in the manufacture of explosives. So that's what this ship was carrying. That's why there are only eight passengers on board. In the light of this discovery, Mr. Kent, the two warning messages you receive take on new meaning, I should say. Oh, why should I be the only one to receive warning? Yes. Why? You say there are eight passengers? Mm-hmm. You and your daughter, Jimmy, Pug, and myself, two coffee merchants, and uh, an elderly lady. Hmm. Has it occurred to you, Mr. Kent, that you and the two boys are probably the only Americans on this ship? Well, that's no doubt true, but I'm... And being Americans, you were the only ones warned to get off? Do you mean that something's going to happen to the ship, Father? It rather looks like that. Hadn't we better tell the captain? Uh, he, uh, He knows we're carrying nitrate, Miss Barrington. He also knows about the messages of warning. But if we're in danger... We've been in danger before, Yes, June. I know, but... Now, come in. What? Jimmy, I thought you were supposed to rest. I'm okay now, Mr. Kent. I wanted to find out what was happening. Uh, Jimmy, this is Miss Barrington, Dr. Barrington's daughter. We we introduced ourselves coming up from the hole, didn't we, Jimmy? Yes. What's cooking, Mr. Kent? What was in those sacks? Nitrate, Jimmy. 
Something used to make explosives. Wow. That's nothing to get excited about. Oh, Miss Barrington looks excited, and so do you. Well, what are we going to do? A very sensible question, Jimmy. Have you any suggestions, Dr. Barrington? Nothing very constructive, I'm afraid. I suppose we could hold a meeting of the passengers on board and apprise them of the situation. Well, there are only three besides ourselves. The two coffee men and the old lady. Well, I think they should know. Yeah. All right. I'll get the two men. Uh, Miss Barrington, suppose you and Jimmy locate and escort the little old lady to this cabin, will you? I believe the purser said she's in C-33. Right you are. Come on, Jimmy. And try not to let any of the crew know what's brewing. Don't worry, we won't. That's six bells, isn't it, Jimmy? Yes. All is not so well. Hmm. What captain did we discover our little old lady was occupying? You mean the cabin? Yes. Number 33, right here on sea deck. Must be at the end of this corridor. Oh, I hope she can stand the shock of learning there are tons of nitrates right under her. Oh, here's number 33. Shall I knock? I guess so. No. Wait. What is it? Put your ear close to the door. All right. Hear anything? Sounds... Sounds like a bird chirping. No. It's a wireless key. Someone's sending a message. What do you mean? I know Morse code. I learned it from Sparks on the Clara M. Maybe I can follow it. Stop. I think you're just imagining things, Jimmy. What would a little old lady be doing sending wireless messages? I don't know, but I'm sure I heard... There it is again. It's a bird, Jimmy. Oh, listen... This is what it says. Our position, midnight, 150 miles due north of Colon. Everything in readiness. We'll contact you again hourly to report on target. The mystery seems to be thickening. Can Jimmy be right? Is the little old lady in stateroom 33 sending a wireless message? Don't forget to tune in next time for another thrilling episode with Superman. Tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky, look! It's a plane! It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Look at the sky! Look! It's a plane! It's a plane! It's Superman! And now, Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men... And who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Things are happening thick and fast aboard the steamship carrying Kent, Jimmy Olsen, and Pug Flanagan from Panama to the United States. To begin with, Kent received two mysterious messages warning him of danger aboard the ship. Then, Jimmy and Pug discovered the ship's cargo was nitrate, a substance used in the manufacture of explosives. Our story continues today... Kent has decided to call a meeting of the eight passengers on board. He's gone to summon the two Brazilian coffee merchants while Jimmy, 
accompanied by June Barrington, an English girl, are on their way to invite one of the passengers, an elderly woman, to the meeting. Listen. This is the cabin, number 33. Shall I knock? I guess so. No. Wait a minute. What's the matter? Put your ear close to the door. All right. Listen. Sounds like a bird chirping. No. It's Morse code. Someone in that cabin is sending a wireless message. Oh, Jimmy, how fantastic. What would an old lady be doing? Maybe I can understand it. I know some Morse code. Well? I'm getting it. Ship will be 150 miles north of Colon at midnight. Everything in readiness will contact you hourly. It stopped. Jimmy, what does it mean? Somebody in that cabin sending a message telling where this ship will be at midnight. But why? I don't know, but I've got a good idea. Look, Miss Barrington, you go up and get Mr. Ken. I'll stay here to see that nobody leaves this cabin. Oh, but Jimmy, you must be wrong. That little old lady wouldn't be sending wireless messages. Please, Miss Barrington, go get Mr. Ken. All right, but he'll think we're both crazy. Wireless messages. Why, I never heard of anything so silly. I'm crazy about this. If it wasn't Morse code, I'll eat my hat. Ship will be 150 miles from Colon at midnight. Everything in readiness. Readiness for what? Oh! Did I frighten you when I opened the door? Oh, no. I mean, I... You wanted to see me, young man? Why, no. I mean, yes. Yes, ma'am. Won't you come in, please? Uh, thank you. That's right. I think it was very nice of you to see this. Year. Mr. Kent. Mr. Kent. Yes, Miss Barrington. Listen. Jimmy and I were supposed to invite that little old lady to the meeting of passengers. Yes? We got to the door of her stateroom, and I was just about to knock when Jimmy said he heard Morse code. What? That's what he said. Morse code. Where is Jimmy? Waiting outside the cabin door. He told me to come up and get you. Good for him. Where's the cabin? Here, I'll show you. This is the corridor, and the cabin's at the end of it. Mr. Kent. What is it? Well, he's not there. Who's not there? Jimmy. I left him standing right outside that door. He, he's gone. Now, don't get excited. Is this the cabin? Yes. Number 33. Huh? What do you think happened to Jimmy, Mr. Ken? He, he said he was going to stay. I'm sorry to disturb you, madam, but I'd like to speak with you. I'm one of the passengers. Oh, just a moment, please. Mr. Ken, you think... Quiet. I was just lying down for a few minutes. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, that's all right. Won't you both come in? Passengers on a ship should get to know one another. Don't you think? Mr. Kent, ask her about Jimmy. I beg your pardon? Uh, we were planning a meeting of all the passengers, and we sent one of my young charges down to ask you to attend. Have you seen him? Oh, yes. He was a very polite young man. But I explained to him that climbing the steps is quite a hardship for me. I'm not a spring chicken, you know. But he was here? He spoke to you? Yes, he said he was sorry I couldn't attend the meeting. Oh. Well, I guess that's all. Thank you very much. Oh, you're quite welcome, I'm sure. Mr. Kent. Don't say anything. All right, you can talk now. I, I don't quite know what to say. I, I'm speechless. Well, there's one thing I don't understand. A 
Jimmy thought it was important enough to send for me, why did he knock at her door and tell her about the meeting? She seemed like a nice old lady. I, I didn't see any wireless set in her cabin. No, neither did I. It was a trunk and a suitcase, that's all. Ah, oh, we'll probably find Jimmy up in my cabin, ready to explain everything. I hope so. Did you locate the two coffee merchants? Oh, yes, yes. Neither of them speak a word of English. Your father made a valiant attempt to get them to understand, but I'm afraid he failed. Ah, here we are. Father, is Jimmy here? Jimmy? Why, no. Didn't you send him to get one of the passengers? You haven't seen him, Dr. Barrington? Not since he left with June. I knew it. I knew it. June, what's the trouble? Jimmy seems to be missing, Doctor. Yes. He and your daughter went down to invite that elderly lady to our meeting, and Jimmy thought he heard a Morse code signal coming out of her cabin. He sent your daughter to get me. I'm sure... When, when we arrived, he was gone, and the lady told us he'd invited her to the meeting. I'm sure something's happened to him. I... Nonsense. He must be somewhere on the ship. Well, he may be in his own cabin with Pug. No, I just looked in there. Pug is alone, sleeping. Oh. I'd better search the ship. Jimmy has a habit of stumbling into trouble. But I'll help you. You stay here, June, in case he returns while we're gone. If he does, Miss Barrington, keep him here. Don't worry, I will. I'm quite certain we locate him. Mr. Kent, after all, he couldn't just... As Clark Kent and Dr. Barrington prepare to search the ship from stem to stern, one of the white-clad dining room waiters slips silently along a corridor and knocks on the door of stateroom 33. Get hands. Drop the phony voice and open up. All right. All right. Why did you come here? I told you it was dangerous. I would like to know how things are going. Have you made contact? Yes. Midnight is the hour. Since you're here, you might just as well know... But we had a close call. What do you mean? Those Americans, the men and the two boys, the ones we want to get off the ship. Yeah, what about them? One of the boys was listening at the door while I was making contact. No. Don't worry, he's safe. Locked in that trunk. What are you going to do with him? That remains to be seen. As you know, we cannot fail. Yeah. Nothing must stand in our way. Yeah, yeah. So if necessary, we will get rid of the trunk. You understand? In the meantime, take this suitcase and throw it overboard. Be careful you're not seen. It contains the virus, it? Yes, it will not be necessary to make contact again. I think it may be dangerous to have it in this cabin. No, no, no. Who would ever suspect you, an old lady? You almost fooled me when you came into the dining room. That rig, that dress. Never mind. Do as I say. Wait, we have another man on board, haven't we? Yeah, in the engine room. Good. I may need both of you later on. Take the suitcase now and get rid of it. Yeah. Wait. Who is it? Sorry to bother you again, but I'd like to ask you a few questions. It's yes, the American. Just a minute. Here is the key to the adjoining cabin. Wait there until I go. I may need you. Be quiet. All right, take over. Just a minute, please. I'm sorry I kept you waiting. Oh, that's quite all right. Uh, this is Dr. Barrington. Oh, how do you do, Doctor? How do you do? Won't you come in, please? Yes, thank you. I must apologize for my cabin. It's quite disordered. Ah. Uh, madam, you may think this is a little strange, but we're still trying to find the young boy I inquired about some time ago. Oh, I don't understand. And you were the last person who saw him. I just spoke with him for a moment. He was very polite. Yes, yes, I know. You mentioned that before. Young man, you're rather impertinent. Mr. Kent, what was that? It sounded like it came from the trunk. What's in that trunk? Why, my personal belongings. Would you mind opening it? Well, that's an unusual request. A lot of unusual things have been happening. Open the trunk. Young man, I must ask you to leave my cabin. Not until that trunk's open. Why, you young whippersnapper? Dr. Barrington, would you mind getting the captain? You don't have to bother. 
I don't want to create a scene. I'll open the trunk if that's all you desire. I have the key here in my handbag. Yes? Right here. Put your hands up, both of you. King, what? That's a very strange-looking key with a muzzle on it. Never mind the comments. Back up against the wall. Hunt. Yeah. Find Dr. Barrington's daughter and bring her here. Tell her that her father wants us. You don't have to mix my daughter up in this. Unfortunately, you're all well mixed. You failed to heed my warnings not to sail on this ship. So you must suffer. Oh, so you were responsible for those messages, eh? That explains a lot of things, including your masquerading as an old woman. Shall I go? Yes. Leave the wireless set here. Will no longer be necessary to get rid of it. Bring the girl quickly. Now. Why don't you open the trunk now and release the boy? I can see no harm in that. Here is the key. You open it. And remember, I have you covered. You may take the gag off the boy's mouth. That's very kind of you. Wait a minute. There we are, Jimmy. I was hot in there. And Mr. Kent, that old lady, she's a man. Yes, we know. Back against the wall, all of you. Ah, come in, Miss Barrington. Oh. It's quite all right, Jim. Yes, quite all right. Stand against the wall, Miss Barrington. Close the door, Hunt, and set up the wireless. Yeah. I deeply regret having to cause any of you embarrassment and discomfort. But unfortunately, you brought it on yourselves by virtue of your own curiosity. We're not interested in listening to speeches. This speech will interest you, my friend. It will interest all of you very much. What do you mean? Precisely at midnight, this ship is going to the bottom of the ocean. And unfortunately, you are going with it. Oh. The wireless is ready. Very well, Hunt. Make contact. What can Clark Kent do in the face of this diabolical threat and the lives of everyone aboard the steamship? Does he dare reveal himself as Superman in order to save the ship and passengers from destruction? Don't forget to tune in next time for another thrilling adventure with Superman. Tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky, look! It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Look at the sky! Look! It's a plane! It's a plane! It's Superman! And now, Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can leap tall buildings at a single bound, race a speeding bullet to its target, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. When Kent, Jimmy Olsen, and young Pug Flanagan took passage on a boat from Panama to the United States, they never realized what was in store for them. But at this very moment, Kent and Jimmy are trapped in the cabin of a foreign agent who has masqueraded aboard ship as an elderly lady. With them are two other passengers, Dr. Michael Barrington, an English surgeon, and his daughter, June. Only Pug, recovering from a slight accident in his own cabin, has escaped capture by the agent and his henchman, Hunt. Things look very dark for Kent and his friends. To become Superman and save the situation would be to reveal his double identity to Jimmy and the others. What can he possibly do? Listen. Stand against the wall, all of you. I have a very nervous finger on the trigger of this gun. 
Better do it, folks. All right, Kim. Oh, this is terrible. Come, close the door. Yeah. Lock it. Now open that suitcase and set up the portable wireless. You will try to make contact. Very good. Now, my friend. What do you mean, friend? What sort of a game do you think you're playing? It is far from a game. Believe me, I deeply regret having to cause any of you embarrassment, but unfortunately you brought it on yourselves by virtue of your own curiosity. We're not interested in listening to speeches. This speech will interest you. It will interest all of you very much. What do you mean? Precisely at midnight, Dr. Barrington, this ship is going to the bottom of the ocean. And unfortunately, you are all going with it. Oh. The wireless is ready, sir. See if you can make contact. Yeah. You don't think you can get away with this, do you? Who do you think will stop me? This ship is traveling through protected waters. <laughs> that is very humorous, Doctor. <laughs> very humorous. I have made contact, sir. Good. Tell them everything is well in hand. Midnight is the hour. We will disembark 15 minutes before. That is all. I wonder whether you realize that three passengers on this boat are American citizens. Of course I do. But I gave you fair warning. Warning that you chose to ignore. My responsibility is at an end. Why are you seeking this ship? A very sensible question, Miss Barrington. Deserving of an answer. Simply because it is carrying a cargo of nitrate. A cargo that must never reach its destination. So you think nothing of taking the lives of more than a dozen people to destroy a few tons of nitrate? Yes, Doctor. Just as you think nothing of taking the lives of a dozen guinea pigs to perfect a new medicine. You're a murderer. A cold-blooded murderer. I'd give my right arm to have Superman here now. He'd fix you. Don't lose your temper, Jim. It is best for all of you to remain calm. We have more than an hour to wait. The message has been sent. Go up on deck and keep a sharp eye out. You know the signals. Yes. Report the moment you sight them. Very well. Look here, man. Is there nothing that will appeal to your sense of decency? You must not be too harsh, Doctor. I am a servant of the state. It is not for me to give the orders, simply to carry them out. If you had not attempted to interfere with me... You would have been given ample opportunity to escape by a small boat. That would have been very considerate of you. I think so, Mr. Kent. But as it is, you have gambled with that opportunity and lost. Perhaps not. The cards haven't all been dealt. Unfortunately for you, they have. And I am holding the ace. Before we leave this doomed ship, all of you will be bound and gagged. I can take no chance of failure. Wait a minute. What was that noise? A storm coming up. We expected it. We'll serve our purpose admirably. Ships have been lost at sea before during violent tropical storms. You're a fiend. Nothing but a fiend. You hear me? A fiend. You're <laughs> going to murder us, Father, in cold blood. <laughs> With thunder rolling across the dark ocean like a warning of impending doom, Clark Kent watches the minutes slip by, knowing full well that to assume the role of Superman will be to reveal forever his double identity. Meanwhile, in the excitement, Pug Flanagan has been forgotten. But back in his cabin, Pug has awakened, found himself none the worse for his accident in the hold of the ship, and, unaware of what has transpired, starts searching for Kent and Jimmy Olsen. As he reaches the deck... A bolt of lightning momentarily cleaves the darkness, and he notices Hans standing at the rail. 
Yeah, pal. Yeah? You haven't seen a big, tall guy and a kid about my size snapping around, have you? You're looking for someone? Uh, yeah. And my friend Claude Kent and my buddy, Jimmy Olsen. You ain't seen him, have you? You are the other boy who was traveling with Mr. Kent? Yeah. Hey, what are you looking at me that way for? I, I was just uh, surprised. Uh, come. I will show you where you can find Mr. Kent. You know where he is? Yes, I do. Is Jimmy with him? Uh, the other boy, yes. But uh, come. I will show you. Oh, boy. Yes. The storm is going to break soon. Yeah. Why are you stopping? Because I smell a rat, that's why. What do you mean? There's something phony about you taking me to where Mr. Kent is. You're too anxious. <laughs> it is just that I wish to help you. Come. Let go of my arm. You're a very strange boy. Never mind about that. Let go of my arm, I said. Listen, you little shine. Come along or I will throw you overboard. Oh, yeah? Yeah, you can't get away. I'll break every bone in your skinny body. That's what you think. Oh! Dirty. I can still kick, mister. Try this one. Oh! So long. I'll be seeing you. Come back. Come back, Andrew. Come back. Up. It's his hands. Just a moment. Don't any of you move. What's the matter? You're white as a ghost. Close the door. Speak up. What happened? The other kid. He got away from me. What are you talking about? Mr. Kent, Pug. I was standing at the rail, watching for the signal when the skinny kid he came up and asked whether I had seen Kent. Yes, yes. Well, I told him I would take him to where Kent was. So... He started across the deck, but he got suspicious. So I grabbed him, but the little swine, he kicked me and got away. Good old Pug. Shut up. Pug will tell the captain. Shut up, or I'll... Don't you dare lay a hand on him. I'll take care of all of you later. Hunt, where did the boy go? I do not know. I lost him in the darkness. I can look for him, but I thought it best to warn him. You should never have let him escape. What could I do? I told you before, he kicked me. All right. I'll find him then. You won't kick an elderly lady. Here, take this gun. Yeah. Don't be afraid to use it and shoot to kill. You understand? Yeah, yeah, I understand. Lock the door behind me and don't open it for anyone. I will be back shortly. Yeah. Remember, huh? Shoot to kill. My pal, Claude Kemp and Jimmy Olsen. And I seen this guy standing at the rail. He was dressed in white, just like a waiter. This is very strange. The waiters are not permitted on the passenger deck. Well, he was there. So I asked him if he'd seen Mr. Kent and Jimmy. He gets all excited and tells me he'll take me to where they are. But it didn't sound right to me, so I said, it's me. Then he grabbed him by the arm, and he starts to get tough. That's when I hauled off and kicked him. I do not understand this. You're the captain of this tub, ain't you? Of course, I am the captain. Well, there's something screwy going on. I do not know. What is this uh, screwy? Uh, something's wrong. Where's Kent and Jimmy? Why did this guy try to give me the rush act? We will investigate. We will find this weather and demand an explanation. Vaminos. Huh? I said Vaminos, which means in my language, uh, let us go. Oh, okay. What's that? Uh, someone is knocking at the door. 
evening, Captain. Oh, good evening, senor. Oh, there you are. Oh, me? Yes, we are having a little party in my cabin. We have been looking for you. Looking for me? Yes. Mr. Kent and Timmy wanted to be at the party. We sent a waiter to find you, but he said you refused to come. Uh, don't you want to join us? I'll be. You mean you sent that waiter to get me? You mean Mr. Kent and Jimmy are in your cabin? Uh-huh. Now, won't you join us? <laughs> you see, it is nothing at all. That waiter didn't say he was inviting me no place. <laughs> Possibly he didn't understand. But what difference does it make? Mr. Kent and Jimmy are waiting for you. We are having a wonderful party with ice cream and, and cake and candy. Okay. But if I see that waiter tomorrow, I'm going to tell him a thing or two. I'm sorry I, I bothered you, Captain. <laughs> it is nothing. It so, is nothing at all. <laughs> Good night, Captain. Buenas noches, senora. Buenas noches. Mr. Kent and Timmy will be very happy to see you. Uh, how long have they been in your cabin? Oh, just a short time. Ain't it kind of late to be holding a party? Oh, no. We plan to have a big blowout at midnight. A very big blowout. Oh. Oh, that's swell. Hug wouldn't think it so swell if he knew what the old lady means by a big blowout. It looks like he's being led into the same trap that holds Kent, Jimmy, and the Barringtons. If only he knew that the elderly lady hobbling along beside him is, in reality, a foreign agent masquerading as a woman. What will happen? Don't forget to tune in next time for another thrilling episode with Superman. Tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky, look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. Welcome if you would like to share uh, your experience or that of a loved one during World uh, War II, please email your stories to Box13 at GreatDetectives.net. We'll consider all stories to be shared on the air. We also welcome your suggestion as to future programs. This program is dedicated to those who fought and died in World War II and is presented as a service of the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio, GreatDetectives.net. The opening theme is The Heroic by Ken Curlin, KenCurlin.com. I think that there is a very serious point to them in terms of rendering the hearts and minds of the American people to deal with Nazism and the threat that it posed to the three world. And I think that this is just one part of that process. And Superman, like I said, over the radio, taking this on, we'll see it more clearly in the next couple of episodes. So I hope you'll be back for that. Uh, in the meantime, that's all for today.